This week, we have a book review of Ghost Rate, the ultimate guide to side-scrolling beat-em-ups from Bitmap Books and written by Dave Cook. And in the second half, we take a look at just what went into the success of Cuphead. This week on the Video Games Podcast. This is not the golden age of beat-em-ups and brawlers. The years have passed, and that would be back in the late 80s to mid-90s when developers felt limited by technology. Beat-em-ups and brawlers exploded due to the combination of the early success of games like Kung Fu Master and developers being limited by technology of the time. And this led to a tinderbox for beat-em-ups, and what followed was nearly a decade of pure dominance rivaled by only a few other genres. The major downfall of beat-em-ups happened when 3D technology took over the industry. This led to the disappearance of many genres from the mainstream as the masses weren't interested in playing something that wasn't pushing the limits of gaming. Why pay all this money for a new console just to play the last generation games? Here's a profound thought. One of the key requirements to a good side-scrolling beat-em-up is that it needs to be side-scrolling and not be in 3D. Developers are trying to force a square peg into a round hole and this wasn't realized for decades later that the fundamentals of the genre are key and is a major reason for the renaissance of the genre taking place today. All of this is documented with precision in Ghost Rate, the ultimate guide to side-scrolling beat-em-ups, written by Dave Cook and published by Bitmap Books, who have been making a name for themselves by trying to preserve the medium with high-quality compendiums on the history of gaming. At 456 pages and over 6 pounds, this book is the Mike Hager of books, the mayor of Booktown, if you will. If there is anything that you ever wanted to know about side-scrollers from the inception of the genre in 1984 with Kung Fu Master all the way to 2020 with the critically acclaimed Streets of Rage 4, it's in here. I don't consider myself the biggest side-scrolling beat-em-up fan, but the more I read Go Straight, the more I realized how much of my gaming identity is linked to this genre. Growing up in a time of the 8-bit, 16-bit consoles and arcades meant that by default, exposure to brawlers was going to be guaranteed. I remember in 1989 coming back from Disney in a rented RV with my family and for some reason we purchased Double Dragon 2. I don't remember where it was purchased along the way or why it was purchased because our Nintendo was at home meaning that we would have to wait at least 3 days to play it. However, that didn't stop my imagination from staring at all sides of the box, memorizing the instruction manual, and even going as far as sleeping with it under my pillow like I was waiting for the tooth fairy. Then there were many hours spent in my brother's room in the basement sitting on his waterbed playing all kinds of co-op beat-em-ups that we rented from Showbiz Video. Games like Final Fight, Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, and TMNT. It wasn't all warm and fuzzy, as reading goes straight, I also uncovered repressed memories of some of the bad entries too that had been long forgotten. Ghost Rate is obviously a great trip down memory lane, but Dave Cook gets to the core of Brawlers, where they started, how they evolved, and even how they influenced some of the biggest games today, like God of War. Ghost Rate is not some paperback book with throwaway images and word soup. It's a look at the fundamentals of the genre and what good brawlers need to succeed. The production of Ghost Rate does justice to the passion that went into writing it. Ghost Rate is a very beautiful book. Even the way the book arrives in the mail makes you feel like you're part of an elite club. The book comes wrapped about 17 different ways to make sure that by the time you open the book, you feel like you've received the white glove treatment. The cardboard box the book comes surrounded in is easily one of the best designed packages I have ever seen. 
This isn't some cheap Amazon box that comes wrapped with packaging tape and is scuffed all over. Opening Ghost Rate felt like the book equivalent to what Apple products feel like. The whole packaging system had been thought through and engineered. The box has two easy pull tabs to reveal your piece of gaming history, and after the box has been opened, you will see your prized possession wrapped in a semi-transparent ultra-thin foam to ensure that the hardcover doesn't get scratched, and finally, all four corners of the book are fully protected with thick foam edging. The reasoning for all this care and love comes down to how the book is expected to be displayed, and that is out in the open and in perfect condition. At the size and weight of this book, you can't just put it on an average bookshelf with other paperbacks. Instead, it demands to be treated with love and attention. Go straight belongs on a coffee table. If guests come over, there are strong odds that at least one person is going to gravitate towards this book and flip through it. The layout of the book is exactly how you would want it laid out, chronologically. This way, as you flip through the pages, you can see the genre explode, evolve, devolve, and eventually, you can see it reinvigorated today. As you flip through, you learn about the game, but also what it meant to the author, and this creates the human touch. Arguably, the crown jewel is that for some of the titans of the genre like Streets of Rage, TMNT, Final Fight, and Altered Beast, there are four-page, full-bleed centerfolds that are absolutely magnificent. Each one is unique as well. Altered Beast, for example, breaks down many of the different forms that you will take in that game, whereas The Simpsons has a giant picture of Springfield surrounded by your six different stages. If I could make some small constructive criticism towards the book, the font could have been a little bigger, but that might just be my eyes after staring at video games since before they put ratings on the boxes. Also, each game in the book gets a few hundred words of actual insight about the game, but it would have been really nice and completed the package if they included a picture of the box art. Logistically, there might have been something that got in the way of that happening, or maybe that would have made creating the book a nightmare by trying to track down the boxes in real life, or find non-copywritten photos. From the forward with the Double Dragon creator who conceived that game due to his time in high school and dealing with the struggles of life to the realization that side-scrolling beat-em-ups is how many of us escape from the struggles of life for just a few minutes as well. As the author says, the basic gameplay loop can be so utterly satisfying that it taps into something almost primal in our brains. It helps you switch off from the rest of the world for a while. Before reading Go Straight, I wasn't expecting it to connect with me as much as it did. As mentioned, I wouldn't consider myself a connoisseur of side-scrollers, but flipping through the years and the decades, I was absolutely amazed by how much of the book resonated with me. Go Straight, with its quantity of over 200 games, over 450 pages, and its quality of the hardcover exterior and eye-popping pixel interior, is truly the defining book of the genre that will not be matched. If you're a fan of side-scrollers, or born in the 80s, or know someone who loves video games in general, don't miss this book. As for a little quick disclaimer and fine print, Bitmap Books did provide the book for review. In the gaming industry, games and studios can sometimes seemingly come out of nowhere to become what feels like an overnight success, but the truth is, the development is usually the result of years and years of hard work, failures, and sacrifice that finally pay off. And this couldn't be more accurate than when talking about Studio MDHR and their debut title, Cuphead. Back in the year 2000, or Y2K as it was known, brothers Jared and Chad attempted to create their first game 
that was likely inspired by their youth of playing run-and-gun style games like Contra, Metal Slug, and others on their 8 and 16-bit systems, but for whatever reason, whether it be bad timing in life or lacking the proper tools to fulfill their vision, the brothers decided to put their dream on hold. As it turns out, you can only keep your dream suppressed for so long, and in 2010, after seeing some indie titles break into the main scene, the brothers felt inspired to attempt Cuphead again, although this time, they decided to use an animation style that felt like an homage to the early animation greats like Steamboat Willie and other 1930s greats. Chad and Jared knew that something was right this time around and stuck with it, but from 2010 to the game's release in 2017, Cuphead's development was anything but smooth sailing as the scope of the game kept growing and growing. From using what money could be set aside to fund the development of Cuphead, the Moldenhauer brothers understood that to reach the new scopes, they would need to take risks, which included more bank loans and even taking out loans against their house, which helped hire additional people to work on the game, including a developer and a musician for the soundtrack. Even closer to the release of Cuphead in 2017, Jared still owed many years of past due property tax and penalties associated with. These are huge chances for a few small-town Canadians from Oakville, Ontario and Regina, Saskatchewan who started working on the game after coming home from working full-time at their day jobs where Jared worked in construction and Chad in graphic design. Studio MDHR finally saw some light at the end of the tunnel when Cuphead was released in 2017 to massive critical and commercial success. The success of Cuphead cannot be understated because it was released on a system that was widely considered to be a failure as the Xbox One felt lost for most of its generation. In its first two weeks, Cuphead sold over a million copies, and by the game's third anniversary after it had been ported to the PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch, Cuphead had sold over 6 million copies, absolutely rarefied air for an indie title. The long and winding road from idea in 2000 to release in 2017 shows how much sacrifice and risk needs to take place, but it also shows that sometimes fortune does favor the bold. Heading into 2022 and the release of their long-awaited half-sequel follow-up Cuphead The Delicious Last Course, on top of the well-received Netflix show that has already been renewed for a second season, the road ahead is starting to look like a cup of tea for Studio MDHR, and it is well-deserved. That's it for this week's episode of the Video Games Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing if you haven't already. And as always, please remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.